The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. I love G'day everyone, Mac 19 here and this is the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast coming to you live once again on Port Fan Radio. And look, uh, tonight everyone's favourite co-host is back. Rick, how you going buddy? Ah, oh, that's not true, Macca. Disliked no, co-host. Very good, mate, except for... I'm just trying to make you feel better, that's all. Disgrace. What a disgrace that cricket score is. Is that shameful? It's pretty bad. It's pretty I, bad. I, said my, I said to my son, this is like us losing to Brisbane. That's, a, that's how the score is. Yeah, this is probably worse, to be honest. <laughs> this is pretty bad. It is pretty bad. Unbelievable. And we are also speaking with Mr. Speaker. G'day, how's it going? Pretty good. I'm feeling better than how the cricket's going at the moment. Yeah, yeah, me too. This is a football podcast, so let's concentrate (laughs) on the footy. Restaurant Revolution is on instead. I'm not watching the cricket. Let's go. I mean, we've got a lot of cricket followers on our our footy podcast, though, so I'm sure we can... Absolutely. Drop in a little abysmal reference of how our cricket team's faring. <laughs> Indeed, absolutely. Well, Rick, we didn't get to hear from you Monday night. Do you want to tell us no. um, about your experience on Sunday being a massive tosser? Yes, it was. <laughs> uh, I, I've heard that quite a bit. the The salmon shirt was quite controversial as well, apparently. But was it uh, salmon? No. I thought it was more rose. Yeah. Personally, but... No, no, it was... Uh, yeah, I can, I can see the rose, but no, it was... A lovely uh, hint of lilac. It was good. Yes, it was a nice a nice salmon top. You know, it's my old trusty. I might have to get a new one soon. But uh, <laughs> no, it was great. We uh, Obviously, I won a, a charity auction, and um, so part of that was um, they threw in a couple of tickets to the Before the Bounce, and uh, which was very kind of them. And look, I've got to say... I thought the club was fantastic with accommodating me, like you know, because I won the auction supporting Food Bank at one of their um, functions. So um, I had two uh, two seats at the uh, Food Bank table before the bounce, and wow. uh, so spoke spoke with some of the Food Bank reps and and had a bit of a chat there and met some nice people and and spoke to Richard Kelly and uh, and uh, Jasmine, one of the organisers, and so she. Uh, she escorted uh, myself down with um, Byron Pickett and uh, Gavin Wanganine. Um so we were just sort of having a having a chat on the way to the ground and just revving the boys up, saying, "What's the chances of you coming out and pulling pull the boots on and having a having a run?" And that was pretty unlikely. And um, yeah, so went on the ground, and that was a great experience. It was uh, a little bit surreal and. Um, met the uh, met the legend of Nicky Wimar as well. I, I always remember as a, a teenager, I thought he was a fantastic player. Loved watching him play, and you know, I thought St Kilda had a great side back then in the in the early nineties with Plugger and Stuart Lowe. So, asked him a few questions about uh, them and Robert Harvey, and and yeah, and got out to the middle of the oval, and it was quite interesting because a, a few people made reference that. Um, they said my name and, and the business, uh, New Vision over the PA, but I actually didn't hear it out in the middle of the oval. So, yeah, yeah your game quite, face on, Rick. 
I had I was I was concentrating. No, you, yeah, honestly, it was just sort of the reverb of the noise. You couldn't really hear the PA system. So, um, so yeah, it was good. I met uh, Shane McInerney, the the umpire, a nice fella. Hate to say it, That's and a uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, and then it, the the funny part was sort of after I I, I did the coin toss, um, you know, no one really told me what I was supposed to do. It was sort of a bit. Um, Disjointed, so uh, I'm standing next to uh, you know you got Gavin Wingane, Byron Pickett, and Nicky Winmar, and and I'm just standing next to him, and you know the St Kilda players are all lined up in a row, and and I'm <laughs> I'm thinking oh well, here we go. well we're, obviously we're just waiting for these guys to walk past before um uh, before we walk <laughs> off the ground, and then all of a sudden it's like oh, hang on here I reckon something's odd coming on I think they're going to shake hands and I'm like well. What do I do? <laughs> I, do I just tap? Do I just tack in at the end of the line here and and shake all their heads? And then I, I thought, no, I'm not Aboriginal to start with, and um, I'm not a former AFL player. So I took a couple of steps back and uh, and uh, just let and just watched them all go by. But I guess I could have been cheeky and probably just joined in at the back of the uh, back of the queue there and and got a handshake. And um, and then yeah, they threw in for good measure a. Uh, I got to go into the change rooms and uh, you know, watch the boys uh, cool down and uh, and sing the song and yeah, it was uh, a good day. It does sound Sounds good. awesome. It was. Sounds it was. Uh, yeah, good. I'm with you though. After experiencing before the bounce, it was probably the last corporate um, area that I haven't been to. Um, yep. I definitely. Uh, I do think the RAA lounge is probably the, the pick of the. Uh, the corporate boxes for those that want to do the corporate boxes sort of facilities, I reckon, yeah, that's probably the pick of them. Mm. So what uh, what sort of coin did you use? I, I used a 50 cent piece. Ooh. Did you yeah, remember went... it or did someone have to... Uh, no, no, I remembered, the, I remembered the coin. I remembered, um, I think it was Richard Kelly saying, oh, don't forget a coin. Was like, oh, could have been disastrous, provider. couldn't it? Well, he reckons it's happened before. <laughs> Did you have a backup? Which is... Did you have a backup coin? No, I'm a risk taker, mate. I only took one out with me. <sighs> but uh, actually, my, my guest the actually, of pairs, mate. My guest actually said he was surprised that um, we have to bring our own coin, and he thought, and I thought it was a good suggestion. I actually emailed um, KT afterwards about it, and uh, and he said. He's surprised the club didn't have like a commemorative coin mm. that they they give the person who tosses it. And I, I thought that was a great idea. I'm, obviously, I'm sure it wouldn't cost the club that much money to do something, and they could have a. Well, we can probably afford load. it now. Hey, we can probably afford it now. Yeah. Why we <laughs> we yeah, wouldn't that'd... have been able to afford giving away fifty cents before. So then we could have yeah, yeah, say that Rick's a tosser as well. So yes, <laughs> yeah, and I would, and I would have I'd have proof because yeah. I'd have a commemorative coin. <laughs> But, That's it. But you, you know, they could have a coin with a power logo and a, a magpie logo on there, and um, oh, I think some some of the people that come out there uh, would really appreciate it. It'd be a good Definitely, little yeah. memorabilia piece. So, be interesting to see if uh, that maybe changes. Indeed. Oh well, yeah. that's good. That's a that sounds like a fantastic experience. It was. If you if you can get an op- if you're lucky enough to be able to get an opportunity, um, absolutely jump at it and. Mm. Uh, I mean, I'm, you know, it was a business sort of transaction for me. So 
I mean, it cost me 950 bucks, but I, you know, and I know a lot of people may, maybe couldn't afford that, but um, yeah, for, I think, you know, for what it, what it gave in terms of experience, it was, you know, it was a priceless sort of um, experience, really. Indeed. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, well, the Australians are out, so that's uh, the end of the cricket for 2015. Um, <laughs> and let's talk about uh, the game this Saturday. It's Port versus Western Bulldogs. We're playing at Etihad Stadium. Uh, it's an afternoon game. We've got a 13-11 win-loss record. And, of course, uh, last time we met was in round 10, 38-point victory at, um, at Adelaide Oval. I guess the first question I've got is um, what has happened to both teams since round 10? Well, mm. round 10, I don't know, we've sort of been a bit up and down. I think we probably capitulated. Uh, was Carlton after, two weeks after that? It was, yeah. Okay, well, we, yeah. we kind of capitulated before and after that then. I don't know, we're just the same up and down team as we were then, I reckon. Yeah. As for them. We've lo- we lost, uh, yeah, we lost four out of five games after that match um, mm. and really sort of fell in a hole, whereas the Dogs have won uh, six of seven. And the only loss they've had was eight points to Geelong, so... And right now, they? they're one of the four teams in the competition. And who are they beaten? Brisbane, uh, they've... Gold Coast, St Kilda, basically the bottom six sides. Collingwood, right? Yes, so no, what, no. What, 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 have they, what have they done in, out of six of those seven? They did what we couldn't do, where they beat the opposition that were inferior to them on the table. Yep. And, um, you know, if we... If we you know, won those three games that we talk about often, Brisbane, Carlton, and the Crows, which we probably should have won, you know, we'd be in a completely uh, different scenario for, for our season at this Indeed, point in time. Absolutely. So that's that's probably the difference between the both both of our sides. They've done what we haven't been able to do and, and beat the uh, weaker teams around us. Indeed. They have beaten some decent teams. They started the year beating West Coast, Richmond, um, Adelaide, and Sydney. So they do have... Some good form um, behind them with uh, with some better sides. So, you know, they're looking pretty good right now. And you would think they'll make the finals from here. And, you know, it's been a, a good turnaround for the Western Bulldogs. Yeah, they're pretty much us in 2013, except arguably going to do better. Mm. So. Well, they're, they're exciting, aren't they? And you're mm. right. And they've sort of come from the clouds. I, I wasn't expecting the Bulldogs to uh, to be as prominent as what they are come this time of the season. so I don't know if Bulldog supporters thought it was going to happen like that either, really. No. Wouldn't have thought no, you, you probably thought it might have been maybe another sort of 12 or 18 months away from them sort of coming mm. good like this, um, you know, with a new coach as well. But, you know, it, it really does sort of uh, bring back memories of, of when Kenny Hinckley started at Port and just that sort of real freshness and, you know, very young side and, you know, everyone sort of playing for each other at the moment. That was bloody exciting, wasn't it? I guess the question is that people compare the Bulldogs to Port Adelaide and say, well, you know, they they play similar to what we were playing. Um, but I guess what are they doing that's more um, more successful um, than what we're doing at the moment? If they're playing a similar game plan to us, how come they're doing it better than what we are? Uh, I think they're just a bit bit tougher around the ball. I think their forward line's working exceptionally well. Um, and their defence, which is um, probably a bit no-name, is probably a bit of an unheralded backline. You know, they're, they're really working hard for each other. And, you know, they've got everyone fit and firing. Obviously, they've lost Liberatore for the year. And, you know, they've had the odd injury here and there as well. But, 
you know, outside of that, you know, they're fit, they're young, you know, they're, they're playing for each other, they've got good skills. I think that's a, a very important part um, of what's going on between both clubs as well. And, you know, they're playing some decent footy. So I think it's going to be a pretty interesting game. And, you know, I guess my first thought about this is we're in a bit of trouble. Yeah, I mean, I can't see it being a blowout either way. I'd have thought either we just just scrape by with a win or we f- sort of lose fairly closely. I mean, on, on paper, I think we match up reasonably well. Um, I mean, you did say that their back line's a bit no-name, but I mean, I'm not sure how Eastern Wood's going now, but he was certainly touted as a potential All-Australian earlier in the year. Um, yeah. And while I don't, I don't think they have anyone that can play on Wingard and shut him down, um, that's not really saying much since nobody seems to have anyone that can do that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the area that we really need to win is in the forward line. Because I think sort of if you've got those two sort of uh, atta- like really strong attacking sides, um, obviously you want to play good defence, but it comes down to how much you score. Whoever score, uh, whoever can score better this week, I think will probably win. But yeah. On face well, value, it looks like a bit of a shootout. So that looks uh, mm. that looks like it should be a pretty entertaining game. But I guess the the concern is that if our forward line doesn't f- uh, fire this week, which it yeah. you know that's that's happened a few times so far this year, I think there is the capability of us losing by you know eight to ten goals if things don't go our way. Ah, stop being so pessimistic, Matthew. Um, <laughs> I I think I think we're getting our mojo back. To be honest, uh, we might be leaving a little bit too late, but. Um, I mean, the other key player is Bontempelli. Is he playing this week? Because he missed yeah, the, the last time we played. He is. And yeah. I mean, he's he's a gun, and you know, I don't like, uh, I don't really care about watching opposition players too much. But he's one player that sort of intrigues me. And every time I, we talk about him, I always make reference to uh, Mish when he was on the podcast, saying how he would have loved Bontempelli and um, as a at Port Adelaide. So. Uh, yeah, you know, he he always sticks out to me. That guy, he's going to be a he's a gun player already, and he's going to be a fantastic player for the in the AFL system. But I I think I'm confident of us playing a team that wants to play us at our own game, and um, you know I think we're better better at it than what the opposition are. So I think that's a positive for us. And um, yeah, I just think we're you know St Kilda obviously weren't much chop, but I, I've what I've seen over the last few weeks and even against Adelaide. Uh, even though we lost the game, we're we're moving in a in an upward trajectory uh, with our game style, and uh, I'm very optimistic that we'll do quite well this week. Yeah, we'll talk about the teams um, for the Dogs. Sam Daly's come in for his first game for 2015, and they've brought back in Lin Jong as well, um, and they've lost Robert Murphy, which is a big loss. He's arguably in all Australian form as well, so that's a massive loss for them and, and a big bonus for us. and Obviously, we're, um, we're missing Ollie Wines with his uh, shoulder reconstruction, and we've brought back uh, Jarman Impey, which um, obviously isn't like for like, but um, will add a lot more pace um, to our side. What about an extended bench? No, well, uh, we've got the sample game at the same yeah, time. No, extend, AFL no one, extended so. bench. So no extended bench. No, it's a Saturday game, so there's no extended bench. So no, uh, no emergencies or anything? Uh, well, Darcy Byrne Jones is yeah. flying over. And then I think is Amon there? and Jonas are the other ones, but they'll be in Adelaide, probably. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Arch didn't get a look in at all? Oop. No. No? 
No. It's a bit of a shame. I, I, I like a bit the of a shame, but yeah. I guess it's yeah. uh, it's horses for courses this week. The dogs are a super quick side, so I have no qualms with us bringing in um, a, a very quick player like Impy. Yeah, and he did well at Eddie Head against um, Essen. I thought he wasn't uh, he wasn't horrendous there, so it should suit his speed. Mm. Absolutely. Well, I want to talk about the dogs forward line because that's where um, that's where it's arguably going to be won. Um, and we might as well talk about them one by one because they've got a very, very interesting forward line. Obviously, Jake String is probably the key at the moment. Uh, you know, he's tall, he's quick, he's strong, he's got a bit of aggro about him, he's young. He's kicked 16 goals in the seven games since uh, the Adelaide Oval match. He had a, quite a few opponents that night. He kicked two goals. Um, I think Cleary, Homsch, Jonas and Stewart all played on him. Um for me, I'm guessing Homsch will probably get the, the job. How tall yeah. is he? Is he 193? Yeah, 192. Yeah, he's not, he's not a big monster. I think he's... No. What is he? Yeah, 192. Yeah. You, you would think that Homsch is the natural matchup, wouldn't you? He's got the probably got the height and the ability. Or would maybe Tom Cleary go on him? Well, Cleary's I'd probably, probably the next... Cleary goes on Cramery. Yeah. Hmm. They'll probably swap and change. I mean, Stringer and Cramery are almost identical in terms of sort of body shape and size and you know, yeah. speed and all that sort of stuff. So you would think they'll swap and change with each other. And, you know, Cramery's coming off arguably his two best games for the Dogs. He had 20-2 and two versus Collingwood and kicked seven last week against uh, the Bombers. So, you know, he's got the tank of a midfielder and, you know, maybe Cleary might be um, might be the better match there with his, uh, with his good endurance as well. Well, they're both probably too nimble for uh, Jackson, I would imagine. Yeah. Well, Jackson will probably get uh, Jack Redpath, who's a, a bit taller, a bit bigger, a bit stronger. So, uh, yep. you know, probably things haven't really clicked for Jack Redpath yet. Um, you know, I, I've really honestly never of, heard of him. <laughs> he's sort of like a big <laughs> lump. He's a big, huge brick shithouse, really. But, mm. um, you know, he's sort of, uh, you know, he's a bit of a poor kick for goal. He hasn't really sort of um, kicked many goals so far. And, you know, he's, uh, his kicking can be a little bit wayward, but... Um, yeah, well, it would certainly be a, a very Port Adelaide thing for us to uh, come out there and Jack Redpath <laughs> kick four goals in a breakout performance. <laughs> positivity, Macca, positivity. What about their small forwards? Small forwards, well, <clears throat> I mean, they'd probably um, uh, move a few players through there. I think Tory Dixon's probably the main one. He's arguably the most underrated or quite possibly the least talked about player in the league. And, you know, for someone that's kicked 34 goals this year, he's kicked 11 mm. goals in the last three weeks. So he's in absolutely massive form. And you just don't really hear anything about him. He's he's quite pacey. He's got good skills. Um, you know, he's probably a similar sort of player to, to Gus Monfries, I guess. Yep. Yeah. He's no yeah, Chad Wingard, though, is he? He's no, no nobody's Chad Wingard. <laughs> 34 goals for a year for, for a guy that, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of people didn't even realise he was still on an AFL list at the start of the year. So, mm. you know, he's um, you know, good on him. He's had a great season. And, you know, they, they rotate a few other sort of players through there. Caleb Daniel, the, the really short fella from uh, South Australia, he, um, you know, he's had a pretty good start to his career. Jared Grant's another one who's, uh, you know, pretty tall. He's 192 centimetres, but he's got the pace and the, the sort of agility of a, of a small um, and obviously, sort of Luke Dalhouse um, sort of you know, rests up forward as well when he can kick goals. Mm. Lukey Dalhouse, he's the um, he's the dreadlocks guy, isn't he? Not anymore. Uh, not anymore. Not anymore. No. <laughs> but he had the dreadlocks. He did. He did. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm always a season <clears throat> or two behind these things. Yeah. 
Yeah, but he, he was a nippy. Uh, he was a nippy small small player, and I like the I like the Caleb Daniel story. I reckon that's a great story. That one. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm looking forward to actually getting to watch him because he's someone that I um played a bit of footy with and played a bit of cricket with a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I haven't had much of a chance to um actually see how he's got in the AFL, but I've seen that his stats are pretty good. So. Yeah. It's so it, you're right though. It's so much of a Port Adelaide 2013 story, isn't it? Because it's not you can't hate the Western Bulldogs, can you? Really? No, it's very hard. And it's and it's it's like to quote Gerard Waitley, it's that feel good story. And you know, if they do knock us off, you know, they're probably the team you want to follow through the finals and hope they can do well. Yeah, pretty much. The good news story. As long as as long as Will Minson isn't playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he's not at the moment, so that's uh, that's a bonus, I guess. Yeah. How many so games how do we think the midfield... Uh, Will Minson? Yeah, he's only played a handful of games this year, hasn't he? Yeah, he hasn't played many. He came back in after his um, him hitting the umpire or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. The big sob story about how it might be the end of his career, so he ended up getting selected and played a couple of token games, I think, and you know, they brought Tom Campbell back in, so he's leading their ruck at the moment. Right. Mm. The midfield battle should be pretty interesting. Um, who do we think will go to uh, the likes of Robbie Gray and Travis Boak? Uh, I would have thought Pickin would be going with Boak. To start with, I don't know. I honestly haven't actually watched much of the Bulldogs this year, which is kind of disappointing. But yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I thought Pickin had probably been a bit uh, sort of freer than he had been in the past couple of years when he was mainly tagging. But I would have thought if you want to shut down somebody, it's not going to be Robbie Gray because it's proving to be too hard to do. You'd probably yeah. send your best run with player to Boak. Yeah. Well, that's what I would you think guys... maybe. I would think maybe Mitch Wallace will go to Boke and they'll put picking on Robbie Gray. Right. Hmm. But that's what you guys were talking about on Monday, wasn't it? That you can't really... Uh, it's almost impossible to talk uh, tag Robbie Gray. So you, you go for the next best thing and, and try and take Travis Boke out of the game instead. Yeah. I mean, it's possible hmm. we might see someone like Wallace go on Ebert. I think he played on Ebert um, in the first match this year, so... It's mm. quite possible they'll we'll see that sort of match up. And they've got Kobe Stevens who can sometimes do a bit of a defensive job as well. Mm. Well, if they're going to be so defensive, how are they going to win the game? They need to have some <laughs> offen- offensive uh, aspects to their midfield as well, I would imagine. Well, the good thing about Wallace and Pickin from their point of view is that they both get, you know, plus 20 possessions per game and do a good defensive job. So, you know, they, mm. you know they're very well-rounded footballers in that regard. It's actually an interesting point because it sort of answers the question um, that I was asking before. Uh, what are what are they doing better than us if they're playing the similar game? Um, and I've only seen a handful of their games, but the ones I have seen is their defensive aspects of their of their midfield, especially, seem to be a little bit more stronger than than what ours are this year. Mm. Yeah. Yep, that's I a mean, fair point. That's yeah. A fair call. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but as I, still... I said before, they've got quite an unheralded defence. You know, they've got Michael Talia back here. He's had a he's had a pretty good season. He'll probably go to Jay Schultz. Um, Eastern Wood, you would think, will go on maybe 
either Westhoff or Ryder. Um, you know, Dale Morris will probably take the other. Matthew Boyd, obviously he had a, a fantastic career as a midfielder. He's gone back and has been playing in the back line and has had a, a super season as well. So, um, And they'll probably have Jason Johansson go up against Chad Wingard, I would think. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to, is there the possibility that we can maybe stretch them a bit in terms of high in our forward line? Because, I, I mean, you're always going to have a, tr- a hard time of matching up, like, all three of our tolls up forward, especially with Ryder and Westoff essentially being Ruckman, like, or Ruck size. Well, I hope we make Easternwood more accountable this game because... I don't know if you guys remember Adelaide Oval, but he was like the intercept king that game. Mm. I mean, yeah. anything yeah. anything long down the line, he was just floating in, third man up all by himself, just uh, chopping through uh, or chopping off anything. So, um, yeah, we really need to uh, to sort of make him a bit more accountable and, and not let him be that third man up loose role, so to speak. Absolutely. And look, Westhoff had a massive game um, at Adelaide Oval. Um, he had something like 25 touches and 14 marks. So he really dominated that night. Um, Jay Schultz, he had a, a bit of a quiet one. He kicked two goals. And, of course, uh, Paddy Ryder didn't play. So hopefully we'll, we will be able to stretch their defence. I mean, Morrison and Wood aren't the tallest sort of defenders going around, and, and neither is Michael Talia either. So hopefully we can see someone like Paddy Ryder um, you know, take a few grabs and, and hopefully get his radar back this week. Yeah, it seems to have been in pretty good form. It's just his um, set shot kicking is a bit dodgy. Yeah, hopefully he relaxes a little bit and he'll be in a more um, comfortable environment over there. I guess a more familiar environment. So hopefully that gives him a bit of confidence. But yeah, I'm with you there. I reckon we might be able to stretch him with um, Westhoff Ryder and, and Schultz up forward. Mm. Um, I think that's uh, I think that's going to be a hard match up for them and uh, and hopefully Lobie can continue his form from last week where uh, his rut work was a lot better at the at the stoppages and also he took a couple of marks Macca he did yep absolutely for the second week running I think he took two marks so um, a big improvement there and what do you guys think about um, Hamish Hartlett saying that he's enjoying the halfback flank but if he needs to fill in for Ollie in the midfield, he will he will do that. Do you do you think we will take him away from the halfback flank and and play him more in the midfield, or or will, will we maybe keep him there and play Brody more in the midfield to replace Ollie? I'm a bit undecided on that one. I've quite liked um, Hamish off the halfback flank, and um, I was looking at his um, profile on the Port website today. I always thought of him as sort of one of our stronger bodies at the middle, but he's only 80 kilos according to the Port website. So, I mean, we've got Young and Maureen. I would have thought you'd probably keep Hartlett playing the role that he has been and occasionally maybe rotating through the middle. But Yeah, I'd I'm, keep I'm, both Hartlett and Broadbent down back and maybe if things are going south, then maybe throw Hartlett in there. But outside of that, I'd keep him on a back flank. Hmm. So is this the opportunity, like, if you're the coach, you're Ken Hinckley, you'd be eyeballing Young and Moore and saying, boys, this is your time, this is your opportunity to uh, stand up and deliver? Definitely. Absolutely. Hopefully you're saying that every week. Yeah, that's it. But no doubt, I mean, this is their chance. Wines is out of the side once again, and 
I guess um, when that happened at the start of the season, um, Youngie had a, a few really good games, so hopefully he can continue that. And look, Andrew Moore had has had a couple of good games on, on the trot now, so hopefully he can continue that as well. And you know, he, I guess his future at uh, AFL level still isn't um, guaranteed, so he really needs to pull out old stops and um, and make himself attractive, whether it's um, you know for a new contract or maybe for a trade. Yeah. Well, we know that our mate Finbar finds Maury very attractive. He's <laughs> he's always on the forums defending Maury at any opportunity. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. <laughs> Obviously, he's one of those players that um, you just hope that his SANFL form can one day, um, you know, get done at AFL level and he can become that sort of dominating sort of 20, 25 touches, couple of goal a game midfielder that, um, that he is at SANFL level. Well, I'm one of those supporters where I don't care about the SANFL level, what, what he does there. I'm one of those supporters that just wants to be justified that he was worth being selected with pick nine. Yeah, well, that too. <laughs> <laughs> so, and so it wasn't a complete waste of a pick. Oh, I got, I got a, what pick was uh, Jasper taken with? 16. 16. Did, did that come from the uh, Burgoyne? Bit, oh, we got eight. Uh, didn't we get eight and nine for Burgoyne? No, no. Uh, well, we we no. just had one of them. We had one of eight or nine already, and we got, I think we got nine and sixteen for Burgoyne. So, well, Jasper well, easily repays that. There, I can. Jasper's a great player. Of course, he is. <laughs> he's the he's the best player in the AFL, young Jasper. Definitely. There's no room for suckholing here on this podcast. <laughs> very much. Yeah, Mr. Speaker just wants to be invited back any opportunity. <laughs> oh, I just love Jasper Pittard. Big fan. Yeah, Jasper's a legend. How did you find his game back last week? I thought it was. I thought <laughs> we were pretty harsh on him, Macca. I thought he was pretty good. What do you mean, I Macca was had... pretty harsh? I missed this. What happened? I gave him a four out of ten. Was it? I think. I think Fair so. Yeah, four out of ten. Below Fair average. Nice. He was below average. He made a what number game? of mistakes and what ran himself into trouble. <laughs> Mate, you were too busy pissing on with the bloody coin to uh, worry about watching the game. <laughs> I was trying to flick it to you. I heard you needed some money to help buy another beer. That's true. I did. <laughs> well, I guess the other thing to talk about is the news that... Um, well, there's a bit, a bit of a strong rumour going around by um, a couple of journos that uh, Charlie Dixon wants to come to Port Adelaide. He sort of earmarked a... Um, you know, a return to uh, to being coached under Ken Hinckley, and you know, what, how when do we see that? Is that something that might happen, or do we think who, that's sort of pie in the who, sky stuff? Who announced? Who announced this? Was it Damien Barrett? It was not no, Damien Barrett. Uh, <laughs> Slam and Sam Mc, uh, McClure that did that. Thank God for that, because if it was Damien Barrett, I wouldn't. It would have no credibility whatsoever. No, yeah. Damien Barrett will announce it in three weeks' time. Uh, Damien what, Barrett will announce that he's going to bloody Once every other Juno's already uh, sort of ran with it. <laughs> well, is this why maybe we're potentially lowballing Jay Schultz's contract, um, knowing that maybe we've got someone else lined up? I'd like to think so. I mean, I know that Jay's done a lot for our club, but he's getting on a bit, and I think if you offer him more than a sort of one-year deal on reasonable coin, you're probably putting a bit too much on it. Um, I mean, perfect world, you, you keep Shields and you get Dixon, but 
I don't know what our salary cap's like. I don't know if anyone speculating about it really does. But if there is that kind of salary salary cap pressure, I'd be more than happy to sort of let Schultz go to wherever he wants to go and get Dixon in. Yeah, I, would, I think we're I legally love... playing over the salary cap this year. So mm-hmm. We're paying more than what the, the cap actually is, and I think we're allowed to do that next year as well before we have to get back in line. So I think there's probably going to be room in the salary cap for um, for a bit of a play to be made to a, a bit of a key player. Because if you look at who we've still got uh, or who we've got contracted, I mean, all our key players are pretty much contracted mm-hmm. at the moment. It's only really Schultz, um, Mason Shaw, and, and I think Andrew Moore um, or Aaron Young that are... Uh, that are uncontracted at the moment. So, you know, in that regard, we've signed up everyone that we really need to sign up. Um, you know, we're going to have Carlisle going onto the vets list next year. You know, Boat, Gray, Westhoff the year after that. Um, we're going to be losing Kane Corn's salary. You know, most definitely Johnny Butcher's as well. I mean, there's going to be space there for us to offer, you know, a player maybe 500 grand for next year and then sort of significantly more money after that as well. So... I don't think we're in any sort of cap danger at this point. How long is Charlie Dixon? 25 in September. Yeah. Yeah, so he's a a great age. Look, I'm very bullish on getting him. I I do think, though, if we're going to have this big lumbering full forward type player, we... uh, is he gonna? Is it gonna make Rh happy? And is he gonna be? Are we gonna play game plan where we sort of leave a forward more at home and play maybe a longer direct game plan? Well, I don't think he is a big lumbering sort of forward. I think he's more of a sort of he's got sort of Westhoff's agility and speed, and you know he, he might be a bit stronger than the than the Hoff is. So um, mm. he'll certainly add something a bit different. And I don't know. You know it would be, be interesting, interesting to see what sort of trade would have to get it done. I guess. Would we? It would be interesting to see if we actually trim him down, or if he keeps his size. <laughs> uh, I know that's what Ford Fairlane would be wondering. Uh, Ford will be out there on the training track with the measuring tape, tape checking the biceps <laughs> and the check, te- chest measurements when he flies over, and then he'll want to he'll want to check at the end of the preseason to make sure he hasn't been uh, reduced to uh, a typical Port Adelaide player. That's it. So what sort of deal do you think can get this done? Obviously, I think the AFL released today that um, the ability to trade future draft picks will be going ahead this year. So can we maybe see something like a first-round pick next year being offered up for trade? Yeah, well, I was sort of having a bit of a think earlier just to myself. Um, I was thinking either it's going to be a first-round pick this year or maybe a second-round pick this year and next year's first-round pick, but I... I mean, it's hard to judge. Uh, it's hard to guess how clubs will judge um, sort of a future first-round pick. Because, I mean, I would have thought sort of you don't know just how high it's going to be. So you'd probably place it somewhere between a current first-round, like a current year's first-round pick and a current year's second-round pick. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'd if, if we did go down that path of using a, a future pick, I wouldn't be disappointed. I'd, I think it'd probably be quite good because I'd, I'd like us to stay in the first round this year. Yeah, I agree. If we could keep this year's first rounder and and trade off next year's because I think we're going to have a lot better year next year than what we did this year, mm. I think that would be a gamble uh, worth playing with. And I'd be happy to... I think we definitely need to keep this year's first round pick. We didn't have a first or a second round pick last year, so 
I think yeah. um, you know to keep some sort of quality kids coming through. I think that's um, a, ne- a necessity um, for this season. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if we're getting pick eight or nine, you know, we should be able to get a reasonably good player. Hopefully, if our yeah, well, um, selection committee's improved its uh, uh, drafting <laughs> since uh, five years ago, six years ago. Well, here, here you go, Rick. Here's a, a, a trade thing that I put on Big Footy. Would you trade Matty Loby? For Charlie Dixon, I would fly Matthew Loeber to the airport. <laughs> Do we get Matthew Warnock as well? Matthew Warnock, That's a name I haven't heard in a while. Is that Matthew? I don't know what's his name? Robbie Warnock. Robbie, you just spoiled my joke. You know what I meant. <laughs> well, I don't because uh... Matthew Warnock played for Gold Coast. So I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, you know, there's two Warnocks, whatever. Who cares? Don't be smart ass. Probably. I'd probably do that. But we would need another Rutman in some capacity. That's what I mean. We could could probably pick up Robbie Warnock for for our ruck. Well, we could have Ryder as main ruck and then they can sort of swap halfway. And then there's we've still got Redden on the list, Um, Billy Frampton coming through. Yeah, it would be a risk, but it might be a risk worth taking. Yeah, I would probably do that. Did you pose that just for me? I'll put it on the board. And had have some interesting happened? responses. Oh, mixed mixed views. I think. I think some People some sort of said, you. "Yep, yep, do it." Others said, "No, nah, it's probably not going to happen." So, not going to happen. Would you do it? I would do it absolutely. I'm the one that <laughs> I'm the one that put it on the board. So well, I thought I you might have been. I thought you might have been devil's advocate, not saying you want to do it, but you know, would this be a deal worth doing? I think it well, would be. Would... I think it would be a risk worth taking, in that way we don't have to give up a first round pick because you wouldn't be giving up Loby plus a first round pick for Dixon. You'd give up maybe Loby, oh. and then maybe swapping sort of later picks or something like that. So uh, I'd probably. I, I think it would be a, a risk worth doing. Is it yeah. uh, a legitimate chance of happening? I think there's probably 1% chance of that trade yeah, happening. I don't but, think um, happen, but... No. It's the same as our talk of, you know, trading Hartlett. You know, it might be, some, yeah. you know, it's just pie in the sky stuff. But, yeah. you know, it's an interesting discussion anyway. So. Hmm. Yeah, about, I think uh, the future pick... There you go. No, I was just going to say, I think the future pick would probably be the most logical way of, of going about it. And, I mean, he's had his indiscretions, so... Mm. You know, maybe Gold Coast are willing to uh, offload some of the uh, troublemakers, which might be creating some disharmony in their in their roster. Look, there's plenty of fine wine regions in South Australia, so I'm sure you'll be happy here. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I was going to say, sort of about dollar value. I mean, I know you don't usually get uh, contracts anymore that are the same amount every year, but on average, what do you think it's worth paying him? I would have thought sort of the 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 uh, money that's been floated around has been like seven fifty eight hundred. I think that'd be wildly overpaying him. I would have thought five hundred would be reasonable. Yeah, I would. For, for what he represents with a, I mean, do, are they still doing performance based contracts like they used to in the past, or is that is that not as much? Is it just more a, a set wage these days? Probably not for a player like Dixon. Mm. What's that, yeah. 500? No, um, like a performance base. So you generally do that for the guys that you want to sort of um, give a kick up the arse, I think. But I don't know, yeah. maybe sort of 650 
I would think, yeah. as an average rate. You know, get him thinking... here for four years on, you know, a two point two million dollar contract or something. That'd be that'd be yeah. right. So how many how many goals did he kick this year? Thirty-five, thirty-two, 30, or something. something like how that. many games? Twelve. 11. So he's he's averaging nearly three goals a game. Yeah. Yeah, so it's yeah. going pretty well. I mean, it's not bad. He's, he's, he's not a he's not a top level key forward yet, but he's twenty-five. He's had injury issues. I mean, mm. I, I suppose that's one other thing to to take into account. He, I don't think he's played more than fourteen games in a season yet. He's been no, around for right. five years. Yeah. Well, we just need that big monster type forward, don't we? That's we're sort of lo- lacking that that man down there that's got that massive physical presence that can really push off the defenders. Um, mm. and so, I mean, he sort of represents that. So, yeah, if he can take his game even to another level, and and we can deliver a game plan which is going to sort of um, maximise the returns that he can provide us, well then, yeah, I, t- I think it's definitely um, a risk worth taking. Yeah, And it sort of solves all our problems. We're all sort of a bit concerned about our forward line at the moment, how we've got you know a bunch of sort of 30-year-olds and then there's not much really underneath that with uh, any sort of certainty. So, you know, to get a mid-20s key forward who, um, who we know can kick goals is a match winner can kick a bag of goals, can go in the ruck. I mean, that's just the perfect pickup for where we are mm. right now. Yeah, I am, am very, very excited, but hesitant to uh, sort of pay much credence to the uh, rumour. Mm. I don't know, it seems to be getting a bit of momentum, so fingers crossed. So I think it's more realistic than Benel coming to Port Adelaide, but that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, I had a nice idea. Just sort of package up all of our uh, draft picks from this year and next year and get Benel and Dixon. Would you do that? Oh, probably <laughs> every, not, every but... single draft pick, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the next two years, here have them. <laughs> yeah, just here you go. Yeah. Well, I mean, really, Take if them. you if if you had those two players, uh, or if we have those, if we, I mean, it's not going to happen. But if we did get those two players, I mean, there's no excuses with our list, really, is there? Oh, you'd be yeah. premiership favourite next year oh, if we got Dixon and Benel. So. A quality but, midfielder, yeah. a key power forward. You know, there really there would be no excuse why why we couldn't push hard. I, I would have thought. No. Mm. Well, let's not talk about uh, silly things like that because that's uh, <laughs> that's about <laughs> half a percent of chance of having. But back me, to the game. Who's going to win this week? Port. Bye. Fifteen points. Okay, Rick. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Port Adelaide. I reckon we might win by four goals, and I think Mackie, you're gonna give Jasper ten out of ten this week. He's gonna be <laughs> stronger around. I hope he's gonna so. Be so be great. He's gonna be so influential, and and Chad Wingard's gonna kick two goals in every quarter, and to have people raving about how he's kicked twenty-seven goals in out of thirty-one quarters, and how great a player he is. I think I would fap myself to death if he kicks uh, two goals a quarter. <laughs> that'll be that'll be entertaining. <laughs> Who for? You. <laughs> I don't know, everyone. And yeah, just to kill the well, fat I mean, fest, uh, I've I'm going to pick the dogs by say, 58 though, points. He, uh, who's, what was that? Dogs by 58? Yeah. Oh, we'll just I mean, ignore that one. I miss the... Um, <laughs> 
I missed the show on Monday, but I mean, honestly, how, how good's he going? The chat. Oh, he's he's amazing. He, he's taken his he's taken his game up from his All Australian year, hasn't he, to another level yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't he's know. definitely better this year than he was in in thirteen, and he's yeah. just having a master season. And you know, hopefully, there's a bit more to come, and he can maybe reach the the fifty goal mark or something like that. It's just a shame that he he came from a long way back with his knee injury, which really probably thwarted the start of his season from where he could get to. But obviously now he's key fitness and form, and uh, it's just amazing. And I guess. You know, as a biased Port supporter, uh, you're talking about faffing away there, and uh, I get annoyed with the media and their continual love for Cyril Rioli and Ugh. what he is or what they think he is, and then you know, and then you got poor old Chad that you know I personally think is better, and the stats say that he's better, and his influence says that he's better, and mm. you know, it just does not get that same recognition and it's just really really annoying you know it's um what was the comment someone posted yesterday about you know oh, so you want jake need to average 10 to 15 disposals kick a goal and have a few tackles and i said oh so you want him to be like cyril rioli then <laughs> <laughs> well essentially <laughs> yeah basically yeah so uh, hopefully chad just you know marquee game Steps up again. I know he will. He loves it, loves the pressure, loves the uh, loves being the centre, and hopefully uh, he raises it again to another level. And uh, he'll, he'll be exciting to watch on Saturday, I reckon. Yeah, definitely. One one question on that topic. I'm obviously not quite as aged as you guys. I was wondering if you had to make a comparison between him and sort of any any player in the past, who would it be? Because I can't really think of one personally. Player of the past. <clears throat> I think... Probably Akamanis. Yeah. Yeah, sort of early career, or maybe sort of early to mid-career Akamanis. Yeah, he's got that yeah, X-factor. He can Akamanis, go through the middle. He was a wingman, though. He And Akamanis had more blistering speed, and I think he was a little bit cleaner on his left and right feet, foot. I mean, really, Akamanis was the a very, very... Hey? The wing guard. Yeah, I reckon. Oh, prob- probably, probably on his on wrong side, side, I would say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On both sides. Um, I think... Um, yeah, I think Chad is more... has more flair with his left-hand side, his natural side, than what Akamanis did. But, I mean, Akamanis was a great great player very underrated because of his attitude i think by us but um you I, reckon I think, he was underrated? You know, oh, i think so a little bit when you co- compared to your uh, simon blank and uh and michael voss you know and then because he was also an annoying prat i think that probably worked against him <laughs> a little bit as well but i mean i, I can see the comparisons like with wanganine with the freakish talent that he's got and his overhead marking ability, as well as his just natural ball reading ability, I think there is a, a bit of a, a close linkage there between those two players. But the, you know, I guess their body shape and their mechanics and how they move is, looks appearance-wise a bit different. But I think their overhead to their groundwork to their, you know, to their actual delivery of skill, I think, you know, to me, there's a, a good correlation there. Yeah, fair call. 
He he would be the closest sort of matchup, I would think. I can't really think of anyone that's um, that's even sort of similar, to be honest, off the top mm. of my head. Yeah, fair enough. Bit of wanganine about him. He has got a bit of wanganine about him. Mm. But still, there's a lot of difference to, to between the two players to argue that, you know, Rick, you're on crack, then are we? I mean, Nathan Brown was probably a, a similar player, just without the mm. the X factor of Chad Wingard. Mm. In yeah, terms of the ability player. to go through the midfield and play sort of a, as a forward and, and kick a bag of goals, I mean, they were both sort of pretty similar. Mm. Hopefully, Chad doesn't follow in the same path as Nathan. Yes. That's, that leg break that's a good call. It's disgusting yes. things I've ever seen on the football field. Mm. Yes. Not good. No. Well, look, the other games this round are, uh, are pretty interesting. I mean, it's really going to sort of shape the finals, you would think. I mean, the Crows go up against Richmond. Um, obviously, Brisbane and Gold Coast, that's, uh, that's a game to watch this week. Um, West Coast, Hawthorne, Geelong, Sydney. I mean, there's a lot of decent games, a, a lot of games which should sort of shape the finals and who might even finish top four. Mm. So is this the game that Richmond wins or is this the game that Richmond would generally lose? Primetime Adelaide Crows, they often win these games. So I reckon I might be picking the Crows this week. Mm. Right. Interesting. Yeah, I've got my um, tip currently as Richmond, but it was a sort of 60-40 as to who I'd pick. Uh, I don't know, maybe I'm just biased and I'm tipping Richmond for that reason, but yeah, it should be a good It'll game. It'll be a close game. The Crows always deliver on, on primetime footy, sort of like mm. either Friday night or Saturday night. I reckon they always come and, and they always deliver. So they either usually win or they, they have a, a very, very close loss, so... I don't know, it's a bit of a toss of the coin. I reckon Adelaide at home, they might just get over the line. And if they do, I mean, that would probably spell the end of sort of Richmond's chances for a top four spot. Mm. Well, to me, it's this is the sort of game where I, I think Richmond's almost a lock to win it, which means they're probably going to drop it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's fair enough. But, I mean, West Coast and Hawthorne? Would... No, you'd have to go West Coast over there. Who did I tip? Sorry. Uh, I have got my tip with West Coast now. I suppose playing over there you and with Hawthorne's pretty poor loss last week. Yeah, I don't know. It's another 50-50 game, really. I've actually got Hawthorne. I did the ladder predictor, and I've got Hawthorne finishing fifth. Yeah. Hmm. Hawthorne rarely lose two in a row. I mean, it's going to be hard to tip against them. Well, mm. I reckon West uh, West Coast will do them. I mean, West Coast are flying. And then I've got Hawthorne losing to us. And, um, yeah, I've got them dropping out of the top four. I guess the it's... other main one is Geelong and Sydney. No, that's that's Sydney easy, I reckon. Geelong are that good. Yeah, it's Simmons Stadium, though. No, nah, it doesn't mm. matter. Sydney are a professional outfit. I think they're, they're too good for Geelong now with... Missing Stevie J, so um, that's going to hurt them. I think uh, Sydney should... Uh, they'll start making their run for finals now. So uh, I wouldn't yeah. go as far as backing Geelong to win, but I think it'll be closer than lots of people expect. I mean, Sydney's form has been a bit up and down, actually, for the past couple of weeks, at least. I mean, they got absolutely hammered by Hawthorne. 
they got belted by West Coast then smashed Adelaide. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It should be a, another decent match. Hopefully not the same as last year when Sydney won by 110 points or something. <laughs> Can I categorise that I'm second to last on the footy tip? So <laughs> You are. If you, I, I am deplorably bad. So I might, this might tip the opposite so. to what you tipped then. So whatever I say, pick the opposite. Because <laughs> I, I'm a garbage tipster in 2015. And yes. who's going to win the priority pick cup? Yeah, Brisbane, obviously. Mm. I think I the umpires know. are going to win. There's actually going to be more umpires on the field than players. It's going to be a win for football, just in general. <laughs> Football's going to be the winner. In front of probably 410 people at, uh, at the Gabba, oh, it's going to be great. There'll be 450 at least, mate. No, oh, true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, and they're half loads of umpires supporters, aren't they? Mm. They're, um, they're flying the umpires' families over for the game to celebrate the four umpires on the field. Well, imagine if that was at um, Adelaide Oval, they'd, they'd end up with a negative crowd. <laughs> <laughs> After their adjustments. Did we ever find out what those adjustments, adjustments are for? <laughs> the adjustments are staff. So I... I Raised the question which with um, with someone at the AFL, and they said that Adelaide Oval is the only ground where the staff um, sort of key themselves in the same as supporters in the same gates. All the other grounds, they go through their own separate gate. Um, right. So that, then they work out how many staff um, were on that day, and then they take that off the total. <laughs> That's a bit odd, isn't it? Fair. Do they do it for the Crows games as well? Do they? Yes, they do. That's but it's the only stadium in, in the country where that actually happens. So, I'm pretty sure there was one of our like less important games, or less like attended games that had like a thousand staff on, and then against Hawthorne we had like 800 staff on or something. Yeah, yeah it's all really a bit weird. Sense. No, mm. it's all very strange. Mm. <clears throat> Classic Adelaide, really. <laughs> yes, we do things differently over here. We do. That's right. And on that note, um, I think we'll end this podcast. Awesome. Thanks for Excellent. coming on, boys. No worries. Yes. I'm surprised you didn't uh, mock me, Maka, <laughs> more. Uh, I'll, I'll take my chance now then. I have to admit, when I um, was watching the toss, I'm like, who the hell's that guy in the pink shirt? He doesn't look <laughs> Aboriginal or anything. What's he doing out there? <laughs> Uh, and, I guess uh, so. Yeah. yeah. Sure enough, when I get home, I see that it's a fishing rig. Bit of a there's, surprise. There's there's a great photo by uh, a very nice guy on Facebook, Ian Fagan, and he takes footy pictures all every week. And yeah, so right. he took this whole bloody ream of bloody pictures of me out in the in the middle, and there's one there where because he was on the eastern side, and so. Chamberlain's obviously signalling to uh, to go toss up the coin, but from the rear angle, it looks like that he's grabbing my ass. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a very exciting moment. I think that's oh, how I got the high, lovely. the high, the high coin toss in the air. It was uh, hey, what's going on here? But um, <laughs> oh, I thought you would have mocked. It was a good toss, that. mate. Did you practice? Did you practice your action before going out there? I didn't need to. I mean, I've uh, I've tossed a few coins before, and and many other well things. experienced tosser. That's good. <laughs> I'm a very experienced tosser. That's very true. 
I used to like two up in my day. I was hoping I could take a two up paddle out there. The old double toss. That would have been. That's, uh, yeah, that's do a good. double toss. Increase the odds of, uh, of variation. I thought you, I thought you might have been uh, mocking me about the uh, the ad that's on the radio. Not at all. It's a it's a very fine advert. Oh, have you heard it? Have you? I have. I have. No, you, I have not. You're doing you're doing better than me. Then I haven't even heard it. <laughs> I've uh, I've seen. Uh, is it Woodville South Footy Club? Oh, Woodville. New Vision Oval. How cool yeah, is I that? that? I saw that on the way out of my uh, on the way out of the game at Woodville the other week. The Magpies Did you? game. Yeah, I saw the saw the scoreboard. I'm like, what's that? That's Reeves business. Jeepers! Yeah, exciting. We, we're going high society. Woody yeah. South. <laughs> yeah, there's a great amateur club, Woody South. Brilliant. From Woodville uh, South to Adelaide Oval in uh, three years. That's the goal, Rick. <laughs> yes, that'd be nice. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll work on the game day village for next next year. Hmm. New, the New Vision Village. What do you reckon? <laughs> There you go. It sounds like a retirement <laughs> home. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that could be nice. All right, That's we'll leave it there then. Yeah. Thanks, boy. <laughs> I'll wear my salmon shirt for you more often. Good work. Can the pants? I'll get some salmon pants to go with it. <laughs> you can call. You can call me fishy. Uh, I'm uh, going. Can the pair. That's it. Away by Michael at ground level. Here's a chance for Stevens. Stevens goes high and long towards the goal square. Two or two. Bergwijn almost brought it down. Here's James. He's had a marvellous game. He puts him in front. Brilliant goal. What a classic. Roger James gets his second.